The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, actually speaking of Saipan, and <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't think we'd be saying that on today's yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, wasn't expecting to say that today. But, but before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello and welcome back to the Insulone Podcast. As always, we are delighted to have you here and we're delighted that you come back every single week to show up for your diabetes management so that you can be better and better and better and better. Graham, what's the crack? I'm good, Owen. I'm good. I actually, I've got a question for you. Are you going to our friend Dan's wedding on Friday week? Yes. Yay! Yeah. Right. Well, I was actually going to ask you that off air. Um, I I have inside scoop of the table plan. All right. So Dan is our friend, but Dan was present when me and Owen first met. So me and Dan went over to Canada, and then Owen and all his friends went over to Canada, and we ended up meeting there and becoming best friends. And Dan is getting married <laughs> on Friday week, and I'm one of Dan's groomsmen which means my girlfriend, Claire, won't be sitting beside me. And I have heard down the grapevine that Owen Costello will be sitting beside Claire. So you're going to have to look after Claire for the day now. So you have to be, you got to be good to her, but not too good to her now. Hmm. Not too good to her own. All right. I don't want to be looking over, being jealous of you two having good fun. I'll take care of her. I actually haven't seen Claire in a very long time. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it was actually Dan's 30th was the last time. That was just before the pandemic when we all went to the Harbour Bar. Remember? And that was just before we started the podcast. That's three years ago. Because I remember we told Dan that we're starting a podcast together. It was because Dan's birthday is in January. Oh my God. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And And actually, the next day was my birthday. Ah. Wasn't it? Because then I ended up going to Paris like... Two days later. Okay. Mm. I can't believe that's three years ago, actually. Frightening. Jeez. Frightening. Jeez. But it's funny, actually, 
what I want to point out, um, given the fact that you just mentioned when we met in Canada, me and Graham hated each other oh. when we first met. We oh. clashed big time, big time. Two, two big personalities, you know, Ooh, yeah. two stags. I, I remember. <laughs> so just to give you a bit of a backstory, me and Graham went over to Canada on like a kind of J1 work visa holiday trip, three months to Canada. And my group of friends went, Graham's group of friends went and we met and stayed in the same frat house essentially for the summer. And it was great crack and just an amazing experience. But I, I remember you were wearing a Liverpool jersey when I first met you. And I think you had just come down or you had just come out of the kitchen because you were cooking lunch. And something about you, I just hated. I hated. Was I in crutches? Uh, no. Was it that year? I, cause, no, see, no, 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 no. We went to that exact same fraternity house, me and my friend Jack and a few others the year before. So we came back for the second year and we were like, there's no way this year is going to be better than the last year. And then I rem- I never forget it. We were over maybe two or three days before ye guys and we were all in bed and ye were kind of still on the high of being over here and you were going out and ye came in from night and all I heard was... Here we go. We're only getting started. Oh, the lads. And the th- me, Dan, and Jack look at each other goes, oh, no. Who are we going to be living with for the next three months? These lads are mental. They're mental. <laughs> and then slowly but surely, there was one night we went out, and then there's a famous photo where there's two photos. So someone took a photo and then took another one. So there's another, there's a photo of us standing outside and it's a nice photo. And the next photo, you've kind of leaned over and bit my shoulder or something. <laughs> and it's just me going, of me going, ah! I and I think, I think it was that night that me and you just kind of got on really well because we were just messing with each other. And, uh, and then from then on, I think it was, uh, it yeah. was bliss. I was, I was just thinking there, when did we go from like really clashing to kind of like steadily becoming really, really close friends. I don't know when it happened, but I think there was such a good bond that year between every single lad that was in the house. It was hard not to like anybody. Yeah, but um, yeah, look, and that's the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're just reminiscing about old times. Yeah. We that's all we just, do. I was, was going to say, we should just not even have a conversation before or after the podcast. Just the second we get on this call, press record and whatever we say, just put on the podcast. <laughs> right let's talk about emails and i love getting back to these emails we put a bit of a shout out and people get in response to us and a couple of episodes ago we were chatting about where people listen to the podcast and there's so many countries around the world where people listen to us i think it kicked off because we're we do well in the charts in bulgaria which we're delighted about and we were saying look where do you listen to the podcast tell us what it's like being a diabetic there and we're going to kick off with let's go to Singapore this one is from Sam and he says hi guys I'm from the UK but live in Singapore and you ask how people in these countries keep insulin cool I keep mine in the wine fridge along along with my eggs chocolate butter and of course my wine (laughs) when I go to barbecues or anything outdoors for extended periods in the daytime I have a little zip up case which has freezeable packs that I put inside, which keeps it cool for hours. Mm. One quick question for you on the subject of heat. Can I take my Abbott into a sauna 
or is that a complete no-no? Thanks for the show. Love your work and passion. You've taught me a lot as I was only diagnosed 18 months ago. And as I have no type one friends over here, I only get the doctor's advice, which, as you say, is disconnected from reality of it all. And also, he never mentioned things like the pizza effect, which I had to find out the hard way. Now, those things are far clearer. Great to hear from people living with it 24-7. That is from Sam Hardwick. Thank you, Sam. Really appreciate you listening to the podcast and sending in an email. And I'm always fascinated to understand how people in general live with diabetes and also just more specifically people who live in different countries to almost compare how different it might be to me. And firstly, I'm glad that I'm glad that you keep your wine and your insulin safe in the fridge. It's very, very, very important that you keep your insulin long term in your fridge so that it stays working as it should do, essentially. What was the question he asked about his Abbott is, sensor, was it? Yeah, can you bring it into the sauna or not? Is it affected with heat? Um, from my experience with my Dexcom and the few times I've been in a sauna, I haven't noticed any difference. I do know for a fact that when I am in cold water, like freezing water, that it inevitably causes my Dexcom readings to be like super low. And I remember the first time that I had my Dexcom when I was going sea swimming, where it was obviously quite cold. I got out of the water and my Dexcom was like barking at me with the alarm. And I checked it and it just just said low, which is lower than like whatever the normal reading that it'll give you. And I was thinking, oh my God, I was in the water swimming and my blood sugars are low. But it was just because the cold water sends the sensor low. And I think it has something got to do with the fact that, now, I'm not 100% sure on this, but when you're exposed to cold temperatures, your your blood vessels essentially are going to like kind of contract rather than dilate. And I think that can affect the interstitial fluid that the Dexcom kind of needle or, or sensor part is actually in. So it can cause it to be reading low. But when it comes to an abbot in a sauna, I don't have much experience, so I'm not really going to speak on it. But from my experience, as I said, with my Dexcom, haven't noticed a significant change with heat as I have with cold. Okay. Just a a bit of a controversial one for me uh, that I picked out from that is that Sam keeps his chocolate in the fridge. That would be a big no-no for me. I hate cold chocolate. Owen, what's your thoughts on cold chocolate? Do you know what? I absolutely hate it. And my parents, for years, would only put... It's like like I'm speaking very seriously about this. (laughs) It's about chocolate. But just... they This is a serious subject. they they, They almost only have ever eaten chocolate from the fridge. I hate it. Because what I like is when you're eating chocolate for it to not not be soft, but like melt easier. Yeah, 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 I agree. When you're eating eating cold chocolate, it's just too hard. And I feel as if you don't get the flavor as much. Hurts my teeth as well. I got very sensitive teeth. I can't be dealing with cold chocolate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe you need some fillings. Maybe, maybe that's a different issue. We'll do that for the dentist, (laughs) (laughs) the dentist podcast that we do. Right. We'll go on to a... Thank you, Sam. I appreciate the email. I know we kind of 
digressed slightly. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing it though. I love hearing what it's like in uh, in other countries. Let's go to Jafir. Let's go, Jafir. Hi, Owen and Graham. Just finished listening to episode 137. I'd be one of Graham's statistics as a Maryland listener. Of all the podcasts I listen to, I think yours is my favorite. Followed closely by Just My Type, which you've been a guest on, I think. Have you owned Just My Type? Great podcast. Regarding being optimistic, I couldn't agree more. I'm 68 now. I've been type 1 since just before turning 16 in 1970. I've always seen life as the glass half full rather than half empty. Like everyone else, I've had my shares of ups and downs, but choose to focus on the ups while learning from the downs. On social media, I go by the name of the happy diabetic, and I am happy. Life is good, and not just with my diabetes. My control has never been better. I'm on an AID system. What's an AID system on? Uh, I would assume that it's an automated insulin delivery system, which is like an insulin pump. Regarding the insane insulin prices here in the USA, I've heard and seen on other podcasts and social media that it's... Graham, come on. I've heard in... <clears throat> regarding the insane's... <laughs> you should, don't cut this out. <laughs> leave that in, leave that in. Graham, do you know what? Make sure you I'll leave it, that in. And I'll I just want to clarify. <laughs> Sometimes when Graham is reading out emails that, that you send in, it's, it's, it's the time where he trips over his words the most. Because Graham's so used to to speaking all the time and like different tones and different subjects and all this. But I have seen over now the two the two years, anytime Graham is reading out an email that you send in, he will never get through the email without <laughs> tripping over his words. So anytime you have listened Mental. to a podcast in the past, where Graham email. reads out emails. I can guarantee you he's Every tripped over his words at least 10 times. It's my oh. Achilles heel. I can't read things. Honestly, if I'm on the radio and I have to read a competition, so every day we have competition stuff for that, I'll have to read it and try and memorize it. And then I, because if I read it, I'll trip over my words. It's insane. But if I read, I go, okay, we got a thousand euro to give away and you have to do this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Grant, okay, perfect. Yeah. There we go. Now I'll do it. Oh, it's insane. Okay. And for future reference... If you haven't yet sent in an email, please do, by the way. But for Graham's own sake, <laughs> please proofread your email and have it grammatically correct so that Graham doesn't go through the, the, the stress and anguish this as he thing. always does. All right, so this thing, I read these emails yesterday, all right? And I, so I put them in and I didn't have to touch them. Like sometimes I'll have to touch them up for the grammar and all that to make it easier for myself. These two emails from Sam and Jafir are grammatically perfect. I haven't touched anything and I'm still messing them up. All right, I've got... You need to a, double space each oh email, no. Graham. I have, I have a, a paragraph to get through here now and I'm definitely... Yeah. I, won't, I won't edit any more of this. All right, here we go. <laughs> Regarding the, the insane... I shouldn't be laughing at the insane insulin prices here in the USA. I've heard and seen on other podcasts and social media that it's way more cheaper if you use Canadian pharmacies. These are reputable pharmacies that will ship to the USA and it is legal. 
Might be something to advertise in your podcast after Graham has verified. Well, I'll verify it now one second, <laughs> Jafir. You can check with Sammy Parker. She recently had a guest that went into detail, episode 61 with Emma Kleck. Looking forward to more episodes. That is from Jafir Yirka, the happy diabetic. And I actually did Google that yesterday. And it do- I'll actually Google it now again, just to make sure I got the wording correct. So it's can you... Well, I'll put a quick plug in for... Jafir, make sure you're following the happy diabetic because uh, he's obviously massively experienced in relation to his diabetes. So I'm going to go follow him after this. Actually, no, I'm going to go on Instagram and follow him right now. So it says here, doing his research, (laughs) buycanadianinsulin.com. It says it's illegal to buy insulin from Canada, but luckily it's legal for Canadian pharmacies to ship medications directly to residents in the US. Okay. So hmm. I think we're covered there. <laughs> Thanks to buycanadianinsulin.com, who I'm, who I'm sure by the name of their website is very pro buying Canadian <laughs> insulin. <laughs> you know, it's actually like as much as we're laughing about the email itself and the fact that you can't read, read. properly. Um, it's unbelievable. Like I've spoken to people before who have physically gone over the American and Canadian border just to get insulin cheaper than they do in the States. So it's like cheaper for them to actually make the trip to Canada to get their insulin and come back to the States than it is to just get insulin in the States. It's mental. Crazy. It is mental. Yeah. Um, Jafir, that was a a lovely, well-worded email that it was completely my (laughs) fault that I messed up. So apologies to you. Even... Yeah, and that's sincere apologies because, because Graham actually sent me the email itself so i have it up in front of me right now and it's grammatically perfect perfect um but even on that i have a question for you if you're listening back to this episode which i hope you are and based off the time you have lived with diabetes you said you were diagnosed just before turning 16 in 1970 you are now 68 which if my maths is correct is 52 years If you are admittedly somebody who is positive and sees the glass half full, how do you do that? And I know it sounds like an unusual question, but I'm always fascinated. And I think I was kind of led into this fascination as a result of me being diabetic, because obviously, as you know, if you live with diabetes, it's not just physical, it's mental, it's emotional, and you're constantly being tested on a daily and weekly basis in whatever way it might be. So I'm fascinated with how actually how people actually deal with things mentally and emotionally. Like, is there a, an approach you take? Are there things you say to yourself? Are there, you know, are there are there things you reassure yourself of? Like, is there a process for Jafir to consistently see life as a glass half full? I think you're because one of those people as well, Owen. Yeah, well, I, I try, I try to be, you know, and being, and what I've said before is like, you can't always just be positive and happy all the time because it's, it's never going to happen. And it's unrealistic to have that expectation of yourself. So I try to be like, realistically optimistic is what I say. It's like, I'm aware of the fact that some days probably not even going to be overly motivated to get out of bed, but you just have to do what you have to do. 
and then not having highs that are too high, trying not to have lows that are too low um, without being flatlined and dull in the middle, <laughs> but uh, being aware of the fact that highs and lows are inevitable physically, mentally, and emotionally, particularly if you live with diabetes. So I enjoyed that email. And from my own perspective, it's very reassuring to read an email like that, to know that Jafir has lived with diabetes for 52 years since 1970. Obviously, the tech and the medication back then has obviously is obviously different to what it is now. So it's massively reassuring to myself, and I'm sure anybody else listening right now, to know that Jafir is still healthy, happy, and enjoying his life with type 1 diabetes after 52 years. So I appreciate that, Jafir, on a very personal standpoint too. So thank you. Uh, I want to do a quick thing that we did a few episodes ago where we say hello to the the people who are listening in a country where they're the only people who are listening in said country. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Because I, I, I know... And I know someone's listening going, oh, yeah, I, I was that person the last time and I never got in contact. Get in contact with us, theinsulonpodcast at gmail.com because listen to some of these countries where there's one person listening. All right. And I had to, I'm just Googling these countries before and maybe it's my ignorance that I've never heard of these places. But <laughs> the, the Northern Mariana Islands in the Pacific Ocean. Like it's this, from there? it's this tiny island, like... I'm going to say off the coast of the Philippines, but it definitely isn't. It's so it's so far on its own. It's beside Guam. Have you ever heard of Guam? It's this tiny island in the middle of the Pacific, surrounded by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles of ocean. The nearest country is the Philippines and Papua New Guinea, but that I'd say is thousands of miles away. Let me get my map up here. What's it called? Guam? No, yeah. Well, Guam is the nearest oh, one, sorry, but the, yeah. the person is the Northern Mariana Islands. Another person is listening to us in Saipan. Now, Saipan, to a lot of people, is kind of like the Northern Marina Islands. But to Irish people, Saipan is hugely important. (laughs) Because Saipan was where the Irish football team trained before the 2002 World Cup in Japan and South Korea. And it's because that the Irish football team had such bad facilities in Saipan that the captain, I think he was captain at the time, but anyway, he was our best player, Roy Keane, Manchester United legend, left before the World Cup because he had an argument with the manager and the staff over the conditions in Saipan. So Saipan is a cultural phenomenon of a country (laughs) in the Republic of Ireland. It still is to this day, how many years? 20 years after the World Cup, it still is. Um, So if you are Saipan, Come on, get in contact with us. We have one person listening in Hong Kong. We have one person listening in Vietnam, Uganda, Tunisia, the Philippines, Oman, Nigeria, um, Japan, uh, Malaysia, Guatemala, El Salvador, Costa Rica, Brazil, Bangladesh, and three people in Jersey which is off the coast of England. And I went there on holidays once and is an absolutely beautiful island. One of the Channel Islands I've heard in Jersey. Of that, actually. I've heard it's yeah. really nice out there. It is gorgeous in Jersey. So you if you're... Through... Oh, go on. I was just going to say, if you're one of those people who's listening in one of those countries, we would love to hear what it's like 
for you being a diabetic in that country. So please, the insulin own podcast at gmail.com. Do you know what I always also find fascinating is like, well, firstly, the fact that we're reaching these sorts of places mm-hmm. with the podcast, which is incredible. But I also, <laughs> I also wonder how do people from all these different countries understand us? And what I yes. mean by that is like, even just our accents. Accents, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you 100%. know, because there are some there are some accents in Ireland that I struggle to, to even understand. Well, you but, would have a very st- we've two completely different Irish accents, mm. like as such a small island, but the accents vary so much. Like you would have a strong enough Dublin Wicklow accent, mm. or I would have a strong rural. You'd have, you'd have an urban accent. I would have a rural accent. Mm. That would be kind of how we'd do it. I'd live from the west coast. You live on the east coast. I know it's not that big, and it's, if you could fit however many of Ireland's into the state of Texas, but still, it varies a lot. Um, so yeah, it's a, that's that, a very good point. Ar- like Ireland is such a tiny place in the grand scheme of things, but the variety of accents is yeah. insane. Like if, if I drive thirty minutes down the road, somebody will sound completely different to how I sound. Which is kind you of could f- you can fit ten Irelands in Texas. There we go. Really? Yeah. Wow. Actually, speaking uh, of Saipan. And- <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't think we'd be saying that on today's yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, expecting, wasn't expecting to say that today. Uh, but um, speaking of Saipan, of course, it has, the, the clo- it has a, a close connection to every football fan in Ireland, yeah. um, given the 2002 World Cup. It has even a more significant connection in my household um, because in 2002, my dad, like he's he's always been in bands and like just played music for, for all his life, basically. But in 2002, there was, I think there was like a competition for um, for bands or artists or whatever to create the 2002 World Cup anthem for mm. Ireland. Right. And yeah. dad and his band, I think they they made and recorded three songs to enter this competition. Cool. And the songs, not I'm not saying this because he's my dad. If if they were shite, they were shite. Oh, excuse my language. If they were crap, they, they were crap. But they were absolutely unbelievable. So good. Right. And he didn't even win the competition. Oh, and you should have heard the thing, the, the song that won. It makes me like, it's horrendous. But one of the songs, I actually think we have them on CD somewhere. They must be somewhere. Let's hear it for the boys in green. Let's hear it for our Captain Keen. Let's hear it now. We're on the up. Let's win it now. Let's win the cup. Yeah, something like that. Ireland! That's just just ingrained in my head. I must actually see if I can get the... The songs Dude. and send the grain because you are so good. Get it. We'll play it on the next episode that the two of us are here. <laughs> yeah. But I think on, on that bombshell of Saipan and your dad's, I'm going to say a rigged competition in 2002. It was rigged. Rigged. We'll leave it at there. Please do email us if you're one of those countries <laughs> or you want to let us know what it's like living in the country where you do with diabetes. The Insel Owen podcast at gmail.com. Do not be shy. We love hearing from you. Please do not be shy. If you listen to this podcast, 
and you live with diabetes, I guarantee you, you have an experience or insight or story to share with myself and Graham and for us to share with the podcast. As we always emphasize, it's me and Graham talking. It's us talking about most of the time diabetes, but sometimes Saipan, sometimes uh, Graham getting fillings and it can be it can be random sometimes in the episodes. But please get in touch. We are, as you can probably tell, incredibly passionate about diabetes itself and we want to hear from you because every story every experience every random insight that you might have or 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 experience from your life it's relevant so let us know email in we love to hear them have a good day have a good week look after your blood sugar chat to you very soon take care love you love you man love you